Welcome to Listening with Leaders. I'm Doug Noll, lawyer turned peacemaker. I teach executive leaders how to listen to emotions rather than words so that they can become the leaders everyone wants to follow. And I teach those same leaders how to be authentically present, available, and connected to their families, despite being insanely busy. I have learned that we are 98% emotional and only 2% rational. Learning how to listen to emotions is, in my experience, the foundational skill of life. Stick around to the end of the show, and I'll reveal how you can be on our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. So let's get started. Ashati LeCount, you are the CEO and founder of Beyond EQ International. You're an energy healer and many, many other talents. Uh, we can find you on the on the web at ashatilaccount.com, just all one word, A-A-S-H-A-T-L-A-C-O-U-N-T.com. Got it. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for showing up. Thank you so much for having me, Doug, and thank you to everybody who's listening. So. Let's start with you. Who who are you and what do you do? Who am I? I know. Well, to fit it all into one little blurb, I am Asha. I am a the CEO and founder of Beyond EQ International and Asha T International. Um, Beyond EQ International focuses on businesses and high-performance coaching and consulting using emotional intelligence plus my method, which is um, the fastest way to align your team and to increase the bottom line. And then I also have Asha T International, where I work primarily with people in relating and trauma bonding and the understanding of energetics as far as attachment goes. And Doug, as you know, they're all related. You fix one area, it's all going to kind of align. Um, but uh, that's how we operate, sort of the masculine and the feminine, if you will, the relating being feminine and then the business being the masculine. So how do, how do you get into the, let's start with emotional intelligence. How do you get into the emotional intelligence business? Well, about six years ago, I had um, cancerous cells in my large intestine. And I was at the time doing uh, multi-level marketing. And I don't know if you've ever done multi-level marketing, but it's definitely a really great start, like into the inward work, you need a lot of belief in yourself as an entrepreneur, as somebody who's, well, really, for lack of a better word, squeezing your network and, you know, putting yourself out there and becoming this thing. And in that, I I had these cancerous cells and I was really overweight, Doug, and I just wasn't healthy. I like really sort of quite dark energy around me. And I stumbled across this energy healer and she said, you have an attachment. And so I said, oh God, I don't even know what that means, but I knew what she meant and cut to me about two and a half years later, deep in the rabbit hole of emotional and energetic, emotional intelligence at the time, it was just emotional intelligence. And then I had a wake up call that was insane. They call it the path of the wounded healer. I lost everything, my marriage, my, my job. Uh, Mike got in a terrible car accident. I was sexually assaulted twice within a 12 month period. I lost all, all my money, everything. And, um, still managed to take $600,000 in sales in my business. <laughs> and, uh, and we, I realized that, that emotional and energetic intelligence, the old paradigm of emotional intelligence just isn't quite deep enough. And we can talk about that a little. Absolutely. And, um, I've been able to prove that while your entire life is burning down, if you're regulated inside, 
you can make anything happen for yourself. Interesting. That's, that's it. Yeah. That's how you got into it. That's it. So you, you mentioned just a moment ago that, well, pr first of all, um, so I define, I define emotional intelligence as somebody who's emotionally competent, because I don't believe that you can learn emotional intelligence. I think you can, I, I see emotional intelligence as a, an assessment. I mean, that's what Jack Meyer and John Salovey, the guys who invented the word, originally conceived as a form of social intelligence. Mm -hmm. And it measures uh, three components, uh, emotional self-awareness, emotional self-regulation, and cognitive empathy. Um, and what I, the way I conceive of this is if you can learn, and I do teach this, if you can learn cognitive empathy, then your emotional self-awareness and self-regulation automatically develop. It's pretty effortless, really. Um, how do you think, of, how do you think about, about all of this stuff? Yeah. Well, I do know that you can increase your emotional intelligence, of course. It's, yeah. as a matter of fact, uh, there's studies that prove, well, a couple things. 90% of all self-made millionaires have one link. This is uh, according to SOEP study, and that is emotional regulation. So if you are somebody who's on the entrepreneurial path or a leader in any form or capacity, your emotional regulation is an indicator of how you show up with other people as well as showing up within your family. Right. With weight, what the other studies are is that children, for example, they don't even need to be taught anything. They just need to be loved, which is a frequency of emotional intelligence, empathy, and compassion. And when they are loved deeply, they become intelligent. What I use in my method is a series of 26 emotional intelligence competencies. We start with awareness and assessment, and then it moves into building bonds, resilience, adaptability, empathy, just being one of those. My, my technique includes a combination of inward and outward, and that's where I believe emotional intelligence has sort of let us down in the past, where we could maybe see it as an, a manipulative modality, really, right? Some of the highest vibrating people are... Um, very good at earning money, but maybe not the best at distributing it evenly, but they're still <laughs> energetically capacity because they don't have much self-awareness. Right. As a result, it's because emotional intelligence for many years omitted the inward work. And a good example here would be somebody who has very high, excuse me, very low empathy, not only may have low empathy for somebody outside, but they also have low empathy for themselves. Right. And same with building bonds or communication, right? Communication, we'll talk about that. So would, you, would you say that the people you're describing have emotional intelligence or, or they have low emotional intelligence? They, we, we have a frequency test, Doug, that actually is amazing. And what I find a lot of times is people who are in leadership positions, they will have a high frequency of emotional intelligence in a low level of self-awareness. Okay. So they have a higher ego and they're magnetic, and they're really good at sales, but it's only one-sided. Usually what that shows is a disrupt in their family life. So they're kicking ass at work, they're killing it, their mission means everything, and then at home, either their husband or wife is kind of getting a really poor version of them. Right, it's really- That mean. is still high high frequency, low intelligence, emotional intelligence, and I know that very well because that was me, and that's how I lost my first marriage. I got it, and, and in fact- in my experience, there are very few centimillionaires and billionaires who are really happy. They, they, they define success, you know, in terms of how much money they've made, but but their personal life is horrible. Yeah, you they really. Don't have, they don't have the skills necessary to build a, a, a happy, healthy home life. 
Well, yeah. And that in, in usually what it boils down to, and you've absolutely hit the nail on the head, money is magnetic, right? So we magnetize money. So if, if we have a high frequency, we can still magnetize money, but mm-hmm. we may be suffering in love. What I do is I call it energetic buckets, love, money, overall good looks, health. And I even out the energetics of all three areas with my with my method and the frequency test that I use. And and when that happens, what happens? What what happens to your clients? Same three things. They either get an amazing a promotion or a job or just feel really, really good about leaving the job they're at. Uh, that's one thing. So job. Second thing, they either have an amazing result in their relationship or they leave the relationship that's been unfulfilling for them for the last five years. Either way, right? Either way, it's their sole choice. So that's it. So money, relationship. And then the third thing, everyone loses weight and gets what I like to call the EQ glow up. <laughs> so, and I, I have um, I have a beautiful webinar for your audience uh, to watch. And there's photos of me and photos of a, a lot of my clients as well and the physical changes that we undergo. Where can, where, where can we find that webinar? Well, I'll be happy to send the link for you. Oh, okay. the audience. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'll make sure we, I put it in the show notes. Yeah. Um, interesting. So what is it, what is it that's unique about you that I think the thing that everybody else? Oh yeah. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what I struggled with and maybe some of your audience members or even you, Doug can understand this is like who to be. I think, I think that the world, you kind of have to wear a lot of different hats and you have maybe personas and characters, if you will. And, And there's an element of it is giving yourself permission to do that and turning up and being different avatars or archetypes or, you know, the queen here, and then I'm a mermaid here. Um, And I have kind of come up with a technique where I really just sort of blend it all. Um, I'm not shy about the fact that I roller skate around the world. I'm not shy about the fact that I say that I like to, I I resonate with the mermaid uh, and I still crush business. I still absolutely love consulting and I love numbers and really giving yourself that permission to like step in to all of that, I think we're going to hopefully see a lot more of that as AI amps up and we need that human connection, that authenticity. And that's something that I've struggled with internally, but it's one of the things that people are always like, you're so authentic. You're so down to earth. You're so real. I really will share every, pretty much everything real open book. So for me, I'd say that's probably my unique selling point is just being all the things and giving myself permission to be all the things. Wow. And it took, it took some it took some time for you to develop all of that. Absolutely. And I'll tell you, Doug, like, obviously, like I had struggles with that because especially on LinkedIn, I'm like, how am I going to like sell this course? I want people to pay me, but I also want to be myself. And I found it a contradiction of what I'm teaching, which is EQ gives you the ability to be who you are and still have an awesome team that is empowered and ready to show up because you've got purpose and you've, and you, and you got high vibes. And so- yeah. That's a really interesting question. I think a lot of people struggle with that, especially if they go to a platform like LinkedIn, where they have some amazing gift that they can share and they want to monetize, but don't understand how to present it or to attract people who who want that knowledge. Yeah. How do you figure that out? Magnetism through my <laughs> energy. <laughs> I'm really big into momentum and I'm huge into the laws of the universe, the universal laws. Are you familiar much with the universal laws? I love them, yes. Yeah. So law of momentum is one that I really play around with and also the law of attraction, but it's missing the law of magnetism and it's missing the law of 
um, oh, I'm forgetting it at the moment, but essentially the main missing piece with the law of attraction is that you have to be what it is that you say you are on a cellular level. Right. So when we do emotional and energetic intelligence, each of our cells, and there's trillions in your body, contain a nucleus. Inside the nucleus is a little DNA strand, and you get one of those from your mom, and you get one from your dad. That's why when you yell, you go, oh my God, I sound like my father. <laughs> when you do this deep work, you don't do that anymore. You're breaking generational curses, and you start to shine, and your soul starts to shine, and you become magnetic. This means that you're going to get insights in aligned notes outside of you to take and it will cut the time in half for you to become an entrepreneur and have deep success and as i mentioned with the two years that it took me two years while my entire life was burning down to create six hundred thousand dollars in my business wow yeah and so if people people work with you uh, as a coach or do you have courses yeah both yep i do i do um we have the frequency test which is sort of our entry test that you get to work with me um, one-on-one it's a one-on-one one-off. And then we also have, um, group course called energy in motion, which kicks off in just a month and it's all emotional and energetic intelligence. And then I also do private. And then I also have my business amplify. Uh, we have one for businesses called amplify. So if you're a business owner and, and you you're running a big team that's amplify, and that's like all about corporate and, uh, human resources and recruitment and training. And then energy and motion, which is for people who are looking to learn more about EQ. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. And then one-on-one and everything's, yeah, it's about everything. It's so much fun. But uh, my background in consulting allows me to be able to see business uh, perspective very high. Once once you have the higher perspective and the higher energy, you see everything. It's, it's amazing. You know this, your magic comes out. Well, as I'm listening to you and watching, I can see the number one, you're really happy. Yeah. <laughs> number two, you're super excited about the work that you do. I love it. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, you really love what you're doing and you find it to be enormously satisfying. Oh, you're so sweet. Uh, yeah, thank you. I do. Mm-hmm. I do. Of course, of course, it's not always sunshines and rainbows, especially with this work. <laughs> but I think the important thing for people to know is that it's okay to trust the intellect of your energy and motion, your emotion. Mm-hmm. You, you got to trust it. It's not always right but it's right based off the story that you're you're giving it at the time. And so therefore trust that it's okay to feel afraid and trust that it's okay to feel sad and move it through you so that you can receive the insight on the other side and change that relationship with, with um, emotions. That was a huge lesson I had to learn. Um, was it? Yeah. And, and it changed my life when I learned how I learned not to run from emotion, but to dive into it. I love that. When yeah. would you say that that came for you? Like that you learned that? I had was, I was at the end of a 17 year marriage. Yeah. And I drove, I moved further up into the mountains. Uh, I live in central California. And one day I drove past the road where my home used to be. It was on, it was a four forty five hundred square foot home on 20 acres. I mean, just really beautiful, lost it all. And I just felt this huge wave of grief overcome me. And I said, this time, I'm not going to fight it off. So I pulled over and I I just let myself dive into the grief. And at first, I thought I was going to be overwhelmed. It was overwhelming. I thought I was going to, it felt like I was drowning. But I said, no, 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 this is all, this is all just happening here. I'm okay. And I just, I just, 
expanded the grief as large as I could, made it huge, and then put myself in the center of it and just yeah. waited for the process to unfold. Beautiful. And it cleared in about three minutes. And I never had that problem again. And, and in that moment, I had the awareness that um, allowing yourself to experience your emotions is probably one of the healthiest things you can do for yourself. Awesome. Where we get into trouble is we've been taught from a very young age to repress our emotions. Emotions are bad. Emotions are evil. Emotions are irrational. They make you weak. You can be exploited. All myths, all untrue. That's it. And, you know, it was in that moment that I realized that I had been living under this myth. And that's when my growth really started. I love that. And then, and now you've got a beautiful wife, a, you're, or, or the woman you're with as well. Now I and you magnetize, you magnetize that. Yeah. I mean, we have, you know, we have an amazing life. We, li we live on 10 acres. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not 20, but that's okay. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. Then, you know, we live 60 miles south of Yosemite National Park in the central Sierra Nevada. We have thriving businesses uh, and um, we serve a lot of people. And it gives us great satisfaction to be able to do that. I absolutely love that. And like such a beautiful arena that you're in with this connection. And and I love how you describe getting like right in the center of that grief and letting it take you over. And, and it's the paradoxical thing about that is when you allow that instability to happen internally, it actually anchors you in to create stronger architecture so right. that the emotion... An emotion will continue to try to make itself seen until you get a wake-up call. My work and yours helps people to not have that happen. And you can actually get in front of the detriment. And I love I love what you shared. I think it's a really beautiful, a beautiful thing. And it's it's all about that trust. And every time we stifle it in or we just try to take action to get away from it. We're actually gaslighting ourselves. We right. do it all the time. We say, oh, I shouldn't feel this way. I've got it good. Or used to be. Yeah. Yeah. And and we do it to children all the time. Oh, don't worry about it. Don't cry. Don't be sad. Uh -huh. That's called emotional invalidation. I call yeah, it, it I call it, it the first deadly sin. That's it. And it's it's truly is gaslight. It's gaslighting them. It's it's telling right. them and that and that's where the story starts. You go, oh wait, I shouldn't, I shouldn't feel this. That's right. And, and, um, and there are yeah. tons of studies that show how abusive this is to children. Yeah. So my son is 12, and it's just he and I. And we have had a very serious last few years with the rupture that went on because we lost, um, I lost my husband, well, no, well, my husband and I got divorced and then he left and then I left the country and it's, it was a lot of chaos for him. And he is a drum prodigy, a straight A student and one of the most intellectually, emotionally intelligent young men you've ever meet, met because of the energy that I hold as a present right. calm mother doesn't matter how much I'm around the house. It matters how present I am energetically. Right. I could be here, but not be here, right? Right. And that's so many of us, so many people. It was an old version of me. Right. And so I, I'm living proof. And uh, and the great thing is, is all his little friends love to hang out. We just live in a little apartment and, they're, and they've got big, huge homes. And they're always like, we like the energy here. <laughs> <laughs> Plus I make them milkshakes, but they're right. just, but they're always kicking around and like, it's so cute. And it's, it really has to do with the energetics right. and, and the consciousness. Now, now, what I do is uh, teach people how to listen to and reflect emotions. So, because what brain scanning studies show is that when you are when you are able to tell somebody what they're feeling, the emotional centers of their brain are inhibited, 
Mm-hmm. And at the same time, their prefrontal cortex is activated. So this is what this is the calming effect that has. So that's why you can calm any angry person in 90 seconds or less. But the but the value of it is not only in calming another person or being present, totally present with another person. It's that you're rewiring your own brain mm-hmm. so that you can become emotionally self-aware yourself and start holding compassion for people that's who are right. upset or distressed. Oh, and it's really amazing work. And, and I, I think I told you before, I've, I've been trained people serving life sentences in maximum security prisons, how to do this, and people at the Congressional Budget Office, how to de-escalate members of Congress. I love that. Really? I, I'll tell you right now, I love that like sort of juxtaposition, if you will, because I always say, it doesn't matter who you are, you cannot escape an emotion. It doesn't, it doesn't choose, it, 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 and it doesn't matter the event. It, it's the magnitude of the energy and motion and how sensitive you may be as a person. And, and I mean, my sister and I, she's like never, she's so stoic. She was such a gift for me. I didn't see it for so long. And um, she's so emotionally stable. And I, of course, as an energy healer and the emotions lady, I had to go through the ringer and back. Um, but I think that doing that, especially, I know you understand this as well, when you kind of go first and you do it and you say, I'm going to face it, you can help so many more people so much faster. That's right. Yeah. And, and in your own life, once you develop these skills, you never have fights or arguments ever again. Never. Gone never. Forever. You you rarely get upset yourself. And if you do, it's like a kind of a hot knife through water and it's gone, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, you're able to you're able to connect with people at a much, much deeper level and be totally That's present true. for them wherever they're at. You know, I love that. And when you even mentioned compassion and empathy, I have a thing that I speak on a lot about compassion and empathy don't actually exist until you integrate and face your own darkness and your own shadow. And the reason is, is otherwise it's just, it's actually just people pleasing in a capacity because the the frequency behind it doesn't have authenticity. So in order for you to really be compassionate, I have clients, men in particular, I work with a lot of men, obviously I'm a pretty lady, a little bit, a little bit good looking. And so what will happen is a lot of these times, these men haven't had anyone to open up to in sometimes 20, 30 years. Within one session, I provide such a safe container that really they can say anything to me and that it's safe. And even them sometimes just speaking some of these, maybe even sexual desires or feelings about like wanting to leave their home or whatever, or the disrespect they may be receiving at home has been so bottled up that just even speaking the words is like, I'll watch them like lose weight or their face will change in a matter of minutes. Right. And I remember my, my lawyer said to me, Oh, Asha, why you're the one that's controlling the conversations. Make sure that you don't go down that road. And I said, absolutely not. That, that is the place of no judgment. That is, we have to work the contract the opposite way because I will never put a restriction on what my clients share with me right. uh, be, because um it is really, really important for men and, and women as well to share these truths that they might be holding in. And if I can sit there or if you can sit there and not judge that, that is compassion. Start. It's when we start going, oh, he's bad. He's narcissistic or she's this. And the blame and the shame, that is what is really full circle. So you really have to see it within yourself and say, hey, that's part of me as well. And then you can reflect that externally. I, you're absolutely right about that, uh, Asha. It's 
And you, you raised another point that I think, which is critical, which I also think cycles back to why you're doing so well with your with your boy, and that is the concept of emotional safety. Most people, many many people, have never experienced true emotional safety. Yes, they didn't experience it in their families, and if they did experience it, it was lost between six and eight years old when they started gaining agency as a child, and started realizing the universe is a really emotionally unsafe place. And so they build, start building all their barriers around them. So true. And yeah. what you're, what you, the service you're providing to, is, is to allow people to come out from behind the wall. That's it. And, That's and, it. and be their true, authentic emotional selves without fear of being stomped on. That's yeah. a big deal. Huge. That's a big deal. And you know, you you did describe it when you were saying in the car. It was like almost like you wanted to run away from it because we do right. want to run away. It's uncomfortable. Body, what's that? It's uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable. Yeah. And and you know, it's the resistance of life. You know, we we don't want resistance. We want to go toward the thing that's not going to bring up resistance, and we just kind of omit that. And and our body can't tell if we're being chased by a saber tooth tiger or if we are stuck in traffic. Doesn't know what the safety level is. It just knows that it's having some sort of reaction, and that reaction is a jacked up our amygdala, right. and we can't make it. We can't see, and so that safety is always where we're headed to either fight, flight, or freeze in the face of an emotion. And and really, it's about like you said, it's just about providing that framework and that safety, and that's replicatory in business. As soon as you start automating and creating you know, business safety, you can create and flow in that, you know, and it's kind of amazing. And that's, that's, that's what we do. <laughs> did this amazing study a couple of years ago, they were trying to understand why the only 1% of their teams were top performing, super ultra performing teams. What distinguished those teams from all the other teams at Google? And it came down to psychological safety. For sure. Yeah. Amazing. And, did, and was there a link between the psychological safety? Like, where was it coming from? Or it, You know, uh, they, they didn't really describe where it came from. They just they had they just said the team members all described their environment as being psychologically safe. So I would attribute it to leadership. Me, too. Because one of the one of the leadership leaders provide three psychological services to their teams. They provide direction, focus and safety. And if you've got a if you've got a leader who's providing psychological safety, then that's going to create that sense of safety within the team and, and they're going to be high performers. And so the that, is, that is unbelievable. We do that at, at beyond EQ, everyone's safe. Like at, we have, we have um, sort of like a red room vibe some days So we just did one this morning where we all openly share feedback with each other. And we are, it's all about them firing at me on the feedback that I need to take on. And then we fire at somebody else and fire on, boom. And we do it so that we exercise our resilience and our ability to stand in the uncomfortable of anything. And it's, my team thrives. We, we love it. I mean, I've, I, everybody's been with me since day one. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, and it is always growth first. I love that. May I share something with you? I actually think, Doug, that the hidden secret of like the elite is emotional intelligence. Maybe it's stemmed in a different thing. Like I said, you can still have a high frequency and be magnetic. A lot of um, sort of the elites uh, that are running like news agencies and all these other th things, they they know about emotional capacity. They know about, uh, as a matter of fact, there's been leaders that have said it's in your DNA. If you're wealthy, it's in your DNA. 
And so they, a lot of them don't have what, what I call coding for like scarcity or limiting belief. And I believe that it's been really the best kept secret and secrets kind of out and I'm happy to scream about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're coming up to the end of our half hour. I want to ask you one more personal question. Sure. What, personal is, questions. what is one thing about yourself that we would never know? That we would never know? Unless you revealed it to us. Oh my gosh. Well, first off, I'm a really open book. If you find me on Facebook, I write really edgy posts sometimes. I work in sexual energy and tantra as well. Sexual energy is the life force energy of the world. So I am a huge advocate for feminine women and masculine men. I believe that the, there is an agenda against masculine men right now with toxic masculinity. I don't even believe in the world word. I believe when you're healed enough as a woman and nothing hurts you, um, men respond to that. I mean, you could literally tell me right now I was your worst guest ever. And I'd just be like, oh, okay. That's how that was supposed to happen. <laughs> coming in, yeah. And coming into that feminine receivership has right. been really the deepest practice for me. That's really and interesting. I find a lot of women right now can't hear that message yet because there's so much programming. Right. So I don't put that out a lot on LinkedIn in the moment. I will, as I continue to get more and more women kind of following me and moving in and they start to trust me, which is what happened with my first thousand clients. Yeah. That, that's the thing. That's the problem. It's, it's low self-worth and that's it. yeah. you know, the, the um, imposter syndrome. And, and it's all programming because women are taught as young girls that take care of others. Don't take care of yourself. Don't be selfish. Don't put yourself out there. Horrible, and horrible, horrible cultural training. Well, that was one side of the pole. And then the other side of the pole is to go all the way over to feminism. And now they want lead women leading the world. And there, and it's actually, we're coming back from that place right. and that place over here and all the way to the right. And then all the way to the left. And we're going to bring it back into balance, which is right. men and women in divinity uh, and, or fe masculine and feminine energy. It doesn't even matter if it's men and women. It's just about balancing the energetics. And that's something I really believe we're doing with EQ, right and left brain. There you go. Well, thank you so much for this wonderful conversation. I've really enjoyed it. Blast. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to connecting with your audience. Is it okay if we bring them a couple of gifts? Absolutely. Okay. So we'll send the webinar. Okay. And then I also have a book for leaders called Emotional Intelligence Creates Unicorns, the fastest way to make money in your business with emotional intelligence. I'll and that's I'll love to read it myself and share it with everybody else. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Doug Knoll here. Thank you so much for listening to Listening with Leaders. If you are a successful executive leader who would like to be on this program, please visit podcast.dougnoll.com slash podcast. If you got something out of this interview, would you please share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on the social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag listening with leaders. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to my website, dougnoll.com, or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, 
and Instagram. That's at Douglas E. Noel. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next show.